Hey guys, I know we've been doing a lot of part one and part two in the last, uh, well, probably a couple months, but uh, with Coach Greg's school schedule and, you know, family and visits and out of town and stuff with the summer, uh, we've got probably more than usual, which I bet you don't mind. I like short chunks. Uh, it gives me a little bit more time to process and then hit part two. So this one, uh, the next two episodes will be both part one and part two, whether you're listening Whichever one, just know uh, if it sounds like we stopped in the middle of the uh, conversation, we did. And uh, uh, But both of them will be seamless for you as far as your understanding and implementing the principles we discuss. And I hope everyone is having a great summer and we will um, continue our work and hopefully serve you the best we can. And hopefully it's of wonderful impact to you and your life. All right, coach, we're going live right now. because. <laughs> Your face was funny. Like, let's go, yes. let's go. Yes. As soon as I thought I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, we need to, you need to go. Click, click up. Yeah, hit that, hit that button. Hang on for just one second. Okay. One second. Let me. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce myself, coach, because we are okay. live uh, while you um, do whatever it is that you're doing. But my name is Sherry Wilson. I'm the owner of Genius Owl Limited Company, and I am Coach Greg's partner in crime, the crime of making life better for people. So, um, <laughs> so coach, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Coach Greg McNeil, um, business owner, life coach, doctoral student, um, funny guy. And as Sherry said, we are the people that like to help others find and fulfill their dreams and destiny. Right? Yep. And we poke you if you procrastinate a little bit. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, we Coach, I think already that topic, we're, we're like, let's do this. So, <laughs> let me tell you, and, and I love the team I'm working with. And uh, so, anyone that's listening that might be on that team, you know, it's, don't worry. There ain't any animosity. But I do get fussy when people overcomplicate stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm in a situation now, and, and I had to let it go actually, because I, I recognized that there might be some things going on with me that was making this one thing like a, a tiny molehill, molehill that I was willing to die on, right? So I was like, whatever. If you guys don't want to do this, fine. But... I need some data on an event that's coming up next year to help make decisions. So that's how I am. I, I want data. I want information. I want to go over it. And then I feel more prepared to, um, you know, execute, right? And uh, so this is concerning um, artists for uh, music artists for next year. And one thing that's interesting about Clovis is we're known for music. So, uh, you know, Buddy Holly recorded here with Norman and Vipetti, uh, Roy Orbison, uh, Orbison, the Fireballs. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, just so many people recorded here. And in fact, we're restoring our analog recording studio because a lot of artists are looking for that sound, you know, because digital is not real sound and they're looking for that that analog again. So we'll be like either one of three in the United States or one of three in the world. And so the, the, 
other side of that is that it's it's so hard to get people to go to concerts. It's it's a mystery. And it's a mystery that's not been solved. So what I said is, well, why don't we do, because we have a very engaged Facebook community, why don't we do a very generic poll? Because you have to be careful. Because if you get too specific and then you don't pick their band or you don't, you know, whatever, then people get all fussy, which I don't care about fussy, but a lot of people, they don't like it. And I said, why don't we do a generic poll of genre and era and kind of get an idea? Is it the 90s that people are wanting? You know, like, let's kind of figure it out. Oh, no. no. Okay, well. I mean, why not? Why can't we do? Well, and it kicked off this email chain and discussions and meetings. And I'm like, I just want want to find out what the hell people want to listen to. (laughs) That's all I want to do. (laughs) I don't know why this is a big deal. And so I was told, you know, well, you know, if we don't pick their band, then they'll get upset. And I'm like, but we're not going to have bands, you know. Joseph, I really wish you'd quit opening my door. We're not going to have bands. We're just going to try to figure out what era and what genre. And um, so anyway, we're at the meeting, and I, I notice certain people that will really get in the weeds on stuff. Now, the other side is I make quick decisions, and sometimes I find myself having to backtrack and get a little more preparation in, you know. But mm-hmm. and, and so I said, well, you know, we could solve this mystery if we did my poll. You know, in fact, the guy that's looking for the bands was like, that would be helpful if we could do a poll. And I'm like, why can't we just do the dang poll? Can I just do the dang poll? And I even pondered just doing it. And, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Did y'all not want, you know. Ask for forgiveness later. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, no. So I'm sitting in this meeting and I feel myself getting irritated and, you know, like we teach people, it's like, okay, you need, to, you need to ask questions. You need to challenge your thoughts. You need to recognize the emotional state you're going into. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, what's really bothering me? Uh, because I don't think it's the poll, you know, because to me, I'm like, hey, if y'all don't want data, figure it out. I'll just say yes and we'll move on. You know, like it's not that big of a deal. And I recognized it was making something extremely simple, complex and complicated and, uh, it, to me, it's like, just say what you're, you know, just say it and let's just move on. Uh, but why are you making this such a complicated deal? And I, um, have a statement from Tony Robbins that just hit me between the eyes, coach. It says complexity is the enemy of execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about this overcomplicating, making simple things so complex. Like what, why, why do we do that? What is that about? Like to me, when I've seen it coach, it seems more um, based out of fear that they maybe don't want some of the repercussions that could, could come from a decision, but I could be, you know, mistaken on that. So enlighten us, please. Well, you said it. Uh, One of them is fear and the other one is power. Okay. Ooh, Ooh. what am I talking about Uh-oh. here? Uh-oh. Right? Yeah. So, um, no BS you moment. To, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, um, what Robbins is saying is true. Generally speaking, solutions are fairly simple. 
Now, simple doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have complexity. It just means that the process, if you follow the process, is fairly simple. You know what it is that you're trying to achieve. So what do we need to do in order to bring something about, right? So when, solutions are pretty much, I mean, they're fairly simple is what you said, right? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, if you, I, I think you could probably look in any um, area and where you can say we have a problem symptom that we need to sort out. The first thing is when we look at it, what is it that we really need to solve, right? And then what is the best way to solve that? Generally speaking, that's going to be a fairly simple approach, Yeah. right? Getting the consensus is where the problem comes in is because now you have someone that's jockeying for ideas where I think this is the best way or I think this is the best way. And when you start getting into that place, now people are in their egos a lot of times. And that's what I mean about the fear, right? It's like, well, I don't want my idea or suggestion to get lost. So I need to keep working it. I have, you know, and even though they may not realize that in that case, their suggestion can be incorporated in something somebody else has already said. Oh, that's good. But no, they, they have to keep hammering on to that one point. And, and you're looking, it's like, well, we heard you already, but they're still talking. Mm -hmm. On the other side of it, then making things complicated. Um, when I use the word power, yeah. I'm saying, that, you know, a form of importance. You know, if I have the answer to the complicated structure, then I can seem important. Or I have some form of power, right? And um, And what ends up happening is, nothing gets done. So in the example that you gave, so now there's this huge email chain and what you find out is, is the question itself wasn't answered. Yeah. What what you heard was everything that they thought about. Yeah. So once they start going down that line, then you know that they've gone into overcomplication, right? When the question is, can we do a poll so we can find out um, what music, genre, or artist um, rise as being one of the most popular that we could possibly investigate? Well, all they really had to say was, I think a poll is a great idea. Hit submit, mm -hmm. right? And then you would have been down the road. But now you have to go into all of these other details. This is what I think about it. And what about this? And if you don't choose this person's music. Now you're no longer thinking about the question. You're now looking at something else. And this is what I mean when I say you do it with fear or power. Because it's like, answer the question. Don't tell me right now what you don't like. Let's answer the question first to see, can we actually do this? Right? Mm -hmm. What we want to do is, can we have a poll? Yes or no? Yeah. Right? You know, after we have the poll, then we can actually, now if you want to get into other discussions, then you can, right? Because now we can say, well, this is what the poll um, produced. So now we have five artists or genres that show up as being um, potential for it. Now you have a much bigger discussion. But before you can get to that point, you have to figure out 
what everybody else is thinking about, how they're feeling, and what are their motivations to make something complicated. Mm -hmm. And that's to, to me, and this is why I say, yeah, fear is definitely one of them. I want to be important. Um, or two, I don't want to lose my idea that I think is valuable. And so I want to hold on to that idea or point of view and work it, which again, that's why I'm saying it's a place of power. I, I definitely can see what you talked about was exactly what happened because a lot of the discussions, which I found interesting, the discussions like, so the, the poll was my idea, but the discussions that were occurring were minus me. I guess there was a meeting. I guess there was this, I guess there was that. So I was never able to present, you know, well, this is the value it can bring and it's so generic. And I also understand the other side, you know, like when you're a, a public organization, you get flack and it's not right. fun. You know, it's just not fun. Um, but to, to overcomplicate because you fear people's response, you know, that, that to me just, it's like the people that you're afraid of are winning that, and there may not ever be, an argument. There may never be anybody getting upset. And and it's diametrically opposed to like the Dragon uh, main team. We, there's a few in there that they do consider, you know, the crowds. And so it's like, well, if we do this and this is going to cause this, blah, blah, blah. We hosted an eight day long event with thousands of participants. Okay. And we had maybe two online comments. That was it. And the way I handled them is, hey, like one, they're like, well, none of the you know young people with their cars win the gearhead gathering. You know, I guess they're not old enough, old enough cars. And I said, that's actually a very valid statement. And we love you guys. And we want you to be involved. And we want you to feel appreciated. I will bring this to the board. You know, so we were able to handle the negative comments and, and like this one guy's like, you know, gearhead gatherings, trash. They just had junk cars, blah, blah. And then old people like me can't even get around cause you have to walk so far. And so it's like, sir, I am so sorry that uh, that was your experience. I said, there were several beautiful cars as you can see from our posts, but we do have a way to get you around on a cart. If you would like to come and see the cars. So please message us next year and we will take you around. All of a sudden he's the nicest guy. In fact, I found out he wasn't even there. So he's just making comments. He wasn't even there. You know what I mean? So, but he, but he felt upset because he wasn't able to get there and he didn't feel like we had any provision to help him with that. And I was able to alert him. So for me, there's like, we're like, we're not going to let anybody dictate how we run our event. It's that simple. And we're going right. to make the decisions that make things easier, especially for the volunteers and us. And, and so it's like diametrically opposed and I think you're a hundred percent coach. There's this fear that sometimes won't even materialize. And then the holding onto the idea that really hits me because I had to let the idea go. You know what I mean? I had to let it go. I could tell it just was not going to happen. And the good news is we settled on a few bands that we all felt really good about. And I left the meeting encouraged, but I take no responsibility if it flops. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, yeah, because that's not what your job is, right? right. You know, that's it's like, hey, uh, once you set it up, organize it, and these types of things, it's like, okay, this is the band that's coming or whatever. It's like, what happens after that has nothing to do with you? It's like, hey, it's not my fault the dude's out of shape and his voice sounds like crap, right? That's, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. So, again, I think that um, when you have overcomplication, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, what does it take to achieve consensus, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, there's something we want to do. So how do we how do we do that? So when you put that sort of question out there, it actually opens up so now you can see who is actually overcomplicating. Right. So the question yep. is, you know, in what way, like I just said, you know, in what way can we improve whatever this service is and you give everybody a chance to uh, participate? We want to achieve some consensus. And then somebody goes off and they start talking about something that has absolutely nothing to do with the question. Now they just went into a scenario. OK. You need a little power. So now you want to stop us and tell us about something that has absolutely nothing to do with the question, which is consensus. In what way can we do that? Which is another way of saying, what are you willing to do, Sherry? What are you willing to do, Greg, Dina, Tammy, um, Ernie, whatever? What are we willing to do so that we can achieve a consensus regarding this idea? Now, now all of a sudden, we're talking about active engagement with the willingness to do something that is greater than everyone singularly that's participating, right? That's good. So mm -hmm. in this case, the what we're after uh, collectively is bigger than any single member that is a part of that group or mm -hmm. that situation. We want to do something that that serves a greater good. So but we're in charge of doing this. So how can we come together? Right away, that kind of question reveals to you how people are thinking in that situation. Because when they don't answer the question and then they immediately go on a tangent, bam. Okay. If that story or that tangent is not relevant, you're overcomplicating. Yeah. Nobody is asking. Nobody is interested in what happened three years ago. Nobody's, you know what I'm saying? Because that's three years ago. We want to know what we can do right now. Okay, so now another person has something else going on. So we have to keep reeling it in. But every time we do that, we get a chance to learn something about the people who are speaking and what they really want, what their motivations are. So you notice, I'm sure, Coach, that um, I posted a little snippet of our podcast videos on Instagram. They're on uh, TikTok as well. Um, so when people see me on my phone, um, I am not ignoring Coach Greg. I am taking notes and, um, okay. I want to take it a little bit of a different direction. I want to go into the subconscious and the individual because I heard another thought that was so good on overcomplicating and making things complex. And it was this whenever, and we might've talked about this already. I'm not sure. I can't remember. We, we do so many things that I'm, I'm not even sure if I've, mentioned this before. When a person is um, looking at change, so whether it's 
imposed or by choice. So, you know, imposed change is the one that has the greatest potential of growth because it's change you did not ask for, but you find yourself in. So the opportunity is in, okay, how can I use this to my advantage? The by choice is obviously, hey, I'm going to make this change. And you begin taking those action steps to execute it. Okay. So regardless of what type of change it is, the sub will start creating elaborate stories and narratives as to why you actually don't want to do this change. What the heck, coach? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, I'm going to start getting up at this time. And we know how, how desire actually can stop all that nonsense. You know, and right. we've talked about that. But it's like, yeah, I'm going to start doing this. And then all of a sudden, you'll have like all of these reasons why not to do that very thing. What the heck is going on? (laughs) I like to think that we, our habit patterns are much more ingrained than we allow ourselves to be aware of. That's true. Okay, that's the first thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because... When you turn off the mind, let's just say, and you're just constantly inputting without evaluating, all of a sudden, you know, you you have stuff coming into your head all the time. I mean, we're constantly taking in um, information. Like the brain is like a broadcast signal, right? We're constantly, um, you know, receiving and sending information. But we also have habits and lifestyles and patterns that we develop. Some of them we pay attention to, some of them we do not. It is only when you make a conscious statement that you are ready to change those patterns that you're not always aware of, that your sub is now saying, nah, you're not willing to do that because you like those patterns or behaviors that you've been in. And when they start to surface, and the person can't quite understand why they're thinking that way. It's like, no, you've always been thinking this way. It's just that now, once you tell yourself you're going to change, you get to meet yourself and how you've been thinking. You ah. get to meet your habits and the structures that you you set up. You know, sort of like when we talk about um, like systems. Well, systems um, maintain a certain homostasis. That's what they do, just like our environment. Well, people are, and their habits are the same thing, right? So when you get ready to change the way you've been doing things, particularly those things that you are not always making yourself conscious of, the minute you say, I'm going to stop smoking, or I'm going to start exercising or doing something else, now, all of a sudden, you just start, you you launch a, a five alarm going off in your brain. It's like, no, you're not going to do that. And you're not. And this is what we find out. I'm saying right now, the vast majority of the people do not do, make those changes. And they don't make those changes because when they are confronted with those behaviors, those patterns and those thoughts, that they haven't always been aware of, they suddenly realize they don't want to put in the effort, right? They don't want to put in the effort to change it. Now, the great thing about it, when we're talking about the subconscious, it's like 
I'm not preventing you from succeeding at what you want, but I'm sort of like a test that you set up for yourself. You see, if you really want it, then show us because you have to establish another pattern and the other pattern, both physically, emotionally and psychologically, that creates another system. And until you actually demonstrate to your psyche, to your subconscious that you're going in this other direction, you're just going to continue in Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. You you think you're living in another day, right? But you're literally doing the same thing that you were doing yesterday. Yeah. You just you call it Thursday uh, instead of Wednesday, but your thinking is still the same, if that makes any sense. Coach, right? that to me, it's one of those, you know, there was Gandalf right there. Okay, so let me let me phrase what you just said in Yoda fashion. Because that's so powerful. Okay, so here's what I heard. So my statement that I heard um Mr. Sharma sharing is that when you when it's time, you know, you decide for change, then you know, your sub creates these elaborate thought processes to keep you from that. But here's what I think I heard you say that, okay, so thoughts of first action. I'm going to add that. We say that all the time. Thoughts become habits. And so what I hear you saying is we actually have had those thought habit, habits, those habit patterns and, and they're more ingrained than we realize. And then when we decide it's time for change, then all of a sudden we get to meet them. All of a sudden, I had an image of like, you open a closet door and all this crap falls out and you're like, ah, and so you stuff it all back in and shut the door, right? Because you don't want to take the time or the effort to clean that out. So you just go right back to the, the, the pattern. Um, exactly. Okay. So the other thing I heard, so just think messy closet, guys, messy closet. Eventually you will have to deal with that messy closet unless you just want to leave it for your kids. And then they're mad at you because they had to clean out your crap. 